This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, and welcome to a fun new interview episode. I'm Sensei Michelle. I'm Sensei Jackie. And I'm Landon. And today our guest is Master Benjamin LeMasters, which by the way is an awesome name. Yes. <laughs> a fourth degree black belt who teaches and trains in Jacksonville, Florida. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Sensei. Oh, it's our pleasure, right? Yes. We met because I was cold calling Jacksonville dojos, looking for a dojo for a family member who lives up there. And that's how we first met. Do you remember that call about six months ago? I'm going to be honest with you, Sensei. I don't always remember the first time somebody calls in because I get those calls a lot. But uh, I hope I was I was friendly. I enjoy getting to know somebody right away. And I always love asking why they're training. It's sometimes more important than, you know, what they're looking for. No, you were very friendly. And we we actually spoke on, in that conversation all those months ago about doing this. So I'm glad we finally got to it. Aren't you? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I think Sensei Jackie's going to start out my official question. Oh, yes. I have the first official question, Master. We know that you're from uh, South Florida. So why don't we start there and you can begin your story about yourself and your karate world. Absolutely. Um, So I actually started martial arts in Plantation, Florida, which I heard that's right where you guys are. About 10 minutes away. And I started for a pretty common reason. I didn't really have a social outlet or a sports thing. And I was five years old and my mom wanted me out of the house. So (laughs) here, here, go try this. And so I consider myself pretty lucky that this was what we tried. A lot of times those people who've been doing it their whole lives, it's because whatever they started with, they loved it and they never stopped. And that ended up being me. That's so cool, right? It really is. And and it's so cool that you knew yourself well enough to continue. Well, I can't I can't say that I did. It it was all the ups and downs that we go through. And there were a lot of times where I questioned, hey, should I still be doing this? You know, it happened definitely on the road to black belt when you don't know what you're doing. Sometimes you question yourself. And it happened at the age where when people at school find out, they're like, oh, karate might be lame. And so you might be bullied even though you do karate, which is so weird to me. That sounds like the, that sounds that sounds like the wrong thing to some to bully somebody about. But you know what? Bullying knows no bounds, does it? It, it does not. I was the short kid with glasses. Honestly, I think it was great for me in the end. Mm-hmm. You know, and then there were questions. It became my first job in high school. You know, it was like my after school job was go to the dojo, help out with classes. Nice. And sometimes you would question it. Hey, should I always be here? Mm-hmm. You know, and then later in the college life where it's like, OK, get a degree, mm-hmm. you know. Yes. So you share that you started karate when you were five years old, um, which is yes, sir. Which is right, actually, when I started karate. So did you continue with karate throughout your younger ages? Did you do any martial art type things in high school? Well, so so I guess I guess uh, the easy way to say it is I did one style from beginning all the way to third degree black belt, and it oh, was wow. only subak do. And there's some politics with Subak-Do versus Tang Sudo. So somewhere in there, it transitioned from one to the other. Mm. You know, the flag on the wall might change, but it's the same people. We're all the same. <laughs> yes. we, maybe we changed the patch, mm-hmm. but we're all the same. And uh, it, was a, it was an opening experience for me because, 
you kind of learn that doctrine of like your style is the style and the other styles are the other styles. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's some sense in when you first start, you should just stick to one and figure out what you're doing. But there's some sense in, you know, you're losing the magic of everything else Mm -hmm. if you just do the one. Yeah. Now, I think you told me you've been at this Jacksonville location for three years, right? I've lived in Jacksonville uh, three years. Yes, ma'am. But the school that I showed you today, we have had it less than a month. Oh, wow. Oh. Well, I talked to you longer ago than that. So where were you all training before this location? Uh, there's an athletics facility and mm-hmm. they have like an artificial turf uh-huh. and they have these nets that they'll pull out and subdivide the field. So mm-hmm. we would train next to people doing soccer, next to people doing batting <laughs> practice. And at first we were real hesitant. And then it's like, hey, you know, we're exposed. Everybody sees us doing what we do. But then we realize we love that everybody sees us right. doing what we do. And the school grew. There have been a lot of disadvantages thrown at us that have turned into advantages simply by us doing what we do, which is we we teach, we train. You can't take away training. You can't take away yourself. And that's really all you need. We could not agree more. But I want to go with this before we get into the story of your of the trials and tribulations of your dojo. Tell us where it is and how people can get in touch with you, because what if some of the listeners are up there in Jacksonville? Absolutely. Uh, And we also train online. So the listeners can be anywhere with an internet connection across the world and they can train with us. Um, And that's something that we love. The best way is our website. It's underground-training.com, dash like a hyphen, underground-training.com. And we also do a free online class on Saturday at 11 a.m. And that's always going to be free to anyone with an internet connection. You should have the ability to train in martial arts as long as you can get on the internet, we want to make sure it's available. That's Saturday, awesome. that's our that's our one class a, a week that is free. So here's your chance to to have fun making a mistake, have fun learning. And we offer that kind of environment here. How many teachers do you have up there in your dojo? Yes, ma'am. There are two uh, fourth degree masters, uh, myself and one other. We founded the school and uh, we have our first uh, black belt testing this summer. So How he started exciting. with his daughter. Um, so it was cool to see the, the the dad and the daughter come up and train together. Um, she's a little bit behind and she'll probably test for her black belt next year. Um, That's awesome. Fabulous. Everybody knows that feeling of when you when you start a school and you get your first black belt. You started from the ground floor and, and has made it and has you know persevered. It's a lot of pride for both you and the person becoming a black belt. Absolutely. I want to go back a little bit to your earlier life. Um, Did you do a lot of competitions? Yes, ma'am, I did. Although what I learned later in life is I didn't do the right competition, according to who you ask. So Tung Sudo, Subakdo, again, when when your style says, hey, this is our style, the others are the other styles. I did compete at the local level, the regional level, the national level. my, my very first competition, my first taste of competition, I was six years old and it was forms and breaking and they didn't let us do sparring yet. The board breaking, me and the other, the other people my age, none of us could break our board, but I still got first place. And it was, you know, because I did the bow and I did the stance and I said, my name is Ben, ben Lamasters. I'm going to do hammer fist, sir. And my father says cuteness helps you win. I don't know. I wasn't a judge at that time. But I remember it to this 
I, I remember it to this day because I teach my students, you don't have to be good at something to compete and to push yourself. And you don't know unless you try. And I tell them that story where out of six of us, we all failed, but I failed the best. So I <laughs> that's an awesome story. That's a great story. That's very, very fun. So I got my taste of competition at a young age. Obviously, you know, to, to win when you messed up, that's a pretty cool experience. And, you know, it was a great learning opportunity where I was like, oh, I'm going to go to tournaments because, there, you know, if you drive from Florida all the way to Mobile, Alabama, chances are not everybody from Miami has driven that far. Yes. So your competition changes. Oh yeah, And oh, of yeah. course, you're going to meet people who for them, it was in their backyard. You've never met them before. It's a real wild card. It became this adventure where you either see all the guys and gals that you used to know and you kind of know their moves and you're like, this is how I'm going to play the game this time. And then you go somewhere out of the way and you know that that might be to your advantage. No one's ever seen that you like to do this kick with the left leg, mm -hmm. you know, and we so understand. it was fun. It was always fun when you'd hear the whispers like, oh, 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 the little dude with the glasses, he does the spin kick. <laughs> and you'd chuckle because you'd be like, yes, that is me. That's I will adorable. do that. So how do you handle competition with your students? Do you run in-house competitions? Do you have a lot of competition happening in your area? Our current students are barely accessing a dojo with mats for the first time. So we really haven't done tournaments yet. Uh, we wanted so we'll to check back uh, in. We'll yes, check back in with you and we'll find out how that went in another six months or so. It'll be fun. I think it'll be really interesting to see where they go. Uh, so this puts us perfectly into our next question on teaching styles with students and adults. I know in our dojo from my experience and helping out with teaching, we definitely do have a different approach between the students and our adult class. So do you have that in your dojo? I like the way you asked that question with a different approach. I think one thing we do that's unique is we try to use the same approach for both children and adults. And the reason is many adults don't realize they're just children that have been around for a long time. And so <laughs> when you when you say things simply in the way you'd speak to a child for an adult, it's still simple language. So, you know, I try not to say, take your left hand, touch your right shoulder. I'll say, take this hand and bring it over there and have them mirror me because that works for a three-year-old and that works for a 53-year-old. So, this, so is a, this is great irony, Master LaMasters, because we are so similar. We are completely different styles for you. Your style is more Korean-based, ours is Japanese-based. We're mirroring each other. See what I did there? Yes. On our teaching style, because we do very little of left and right, and we do a lot of move, move this arm, move that arm, because it's just an easier way to try to get the muscle memory going, isn't it? Yes, ma'am. I teach my assistants. I say, okay, if you're going to assist class, you need to understand this is not your left hand anymore. This is your student's right hand. Okay. That's right. All right. And, is, and sorry. No, you go. And is there one that you prefer to teach? Do you prefer to teach students over adults? Are your classes mixed? So that's a great question. Uh, I don't see a lot of mixed classes. And so we like to say that the same approach you know, we teach family style classes. So a three-year-old okay. and a 53-year-old should be able to train together for some of class. Now, obviously, different kinds of exercises work better with different groups and they need training on different kinds of skills, you know, gross motor skills versus fine motor skills. But the general basics of the training, everybody should be able to do together. And that also means if you're a younger student, 
in the three to five year old range, it's not so much if you can do it right or wrong yet. It's are you trying with a good attitude? Because as you grow up and as your muscles come into play, you're going to go through that awkward phase and you're going to be all out of whack anyway. So just keep going and, and train right through it. That okay, is so but, true. And can we also say that for a 53-year-old? <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to insult anybody. <laughs> Everybody brings the skills they bring to the dojo. And then all the, the sensei does is refine those skills, whether they have great and, physicality or whether they have great mentality. It, it really depends. And then they're shoring up the, the weaknesses, right? Yes, ma'am. And you may notice that a similarity between kids and adults is almost how they approach something new. Uh, a kid hits the pad before you finish telling them how they're supposed to hit the pad. Right. And then an adult is like, I don't want to hit the pad yet. Can you explain it again? I'm like, no, <laughs> you have to hit the pad and then I will help you get better, but you have to try. Oh my God. I love that. That's a great little story. It's um, it's funny because I was going to ask you about karate sayings, whether you had a, a favorite one or not. And you've given us some real little gems throughout the the program today but what is your favorite karate saying i have a lot i guess my favorite karate saying i guess would be our student creed only because it it reminds you there are not many institutions that tell you you're supposed to be a better person hopefully your spouse tells you you should be a better person or you got to take that upon yourself but martial arts is one of those places that reminds you that hey whatever is going on anywhere else do you think self-control will be good to have? Do you think perseverance is a useful skill? Yes. Wow. So if you don't mind, I'll say the student creed real quick. I would, I'd love it. Can, before you say it, can I say, I knew I was going to learn a lot today because whenever I do an interview, I learn a lot. But one of the things that I've been reminded of that really made me smile today was how we are far apart in geography. We are far apart in age and we are far apart in style. But we are so similar on uh, so many levels. I've heard so many things today. It's just like not I'm talking to myself, but, you know, we are all talking to ourselves while at the same time talking to you. And just in case you forgot, we want to hear your creed. I love that. Uh, martial arts is a great equalizer. Our, our goal is to teach around the world because martial arts transcends language and culture. You know, we're all we're all still people. So we all do martial arts pretty much the same way or have the capacity to do so. So true. All right. So the student creed, uh, it's obviously based off the student creeds that I grew up with. Martial arts is always passed down and the white belt becomes the black belt becomes the master one day. So if any people that I've trained with hear this, they might recognize where it was inspired from. It's meant to honor those things. It's not meant to copy any of those things. Student creed. As a dedicated student of underground training, I shall remember the rules of the rocks. Courtesy, modesty, integrity perseverance, self-control, indomitable spirit, underground. And then you bow. It's very simple. Really nice. Oh, I love it. Really nice. What a fun conversation we've had so far. So fun. Now, And they can't, they can't see it on the video, but uh, I will describe it at the end. They say under, and then they say ground, and then they turn it and do a bow. And it really helps the kids kind of put it together. So yes. it's almost like the, the truck driver, you know, doing their horn. You go under like that, mm-hmm. put the hand on top and they get that nice sound, which they always like. And it brings everybody together. And then they do that, that traditional bow. And they, they get to kind of learn where these different things come from over time. I loved it. Okay. I'm going to push us on here. 
you mentioned that you had a lot of difficulty and turmoil, I think right there in Jacksonville when you were first starting out. Is that true? And did you get to mention everything you wanted about that? We had a lot of turmoil. And like I said before, with the right perspective, all those disadvantages have been turned into advantages. So at this point in my journey, I am now grateful for those things. I was not grateful for them when they happened. We have okay. all been there. So we know how you feel. And okay. being is how the only constant in life is change. It's weird that we don't get used to it more. That's so true. More often, more quickly. I mean, one of the words we like to live by is to adapt to your surroundings, correct? But boy, yes. oh boy, it can be a tricky, tricky business. You asked me earlier for that that one phrase I brought up to student creed, but I figured out what it is. It's, I don't know who said it, but it's breathe deep, move forward. That is mm. my favorite martial arts phrase. We'll have to look that one up and try to put in our notes somewhere who said that, because that is a great phrase. It was taught to me when, when sparring started to get intense in my mm-hmm. teen years, where we started hitting each other harder. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get hit and you don't know if you want to get hit again. Mm-hmm. Breathe deep, move forward. He doesn't know what you are thinking unless you tell him what you are thinking. Unless you telegraph. So did you watch the uh, the Olympics, the karate in the Olympics? A few was that a few months ago or was yes. that a long time ago? A now? few months ago. No, ma'am, I did not. I was I have been uh, up day and night getting this place ready to go. <laughs> I, I would have been interested in your opinion. We watched a little bit. Ch- check it out on YouTube. Maybe next time we talk, we'll bring it up. Yes, uh, ma'am. It had its highs and its lows. Definitely. Talk about trials and uh, and uh, struggles. Yes. All right. One more time, if people want to look you up online, they're going to look for, say it again for me. Underground-training.com. And I will put a link down in our show notes. Right. So that people can check it out if they want to. Congratulations on that. Do Um, I have one more moment? Of course we have one more moment. What you got? Well, you had asked about the the tribulations. I, I do want to mention when we started out, we were just instructors at a school and I became close to those instructors as you do. Then COVID happened. And so that school went out of business very quickly. Mm. Uh, The owner was not a martial artist. So it was very hard for them to see coming out the other side. So we decided that we would try to teach online. We would talk to the students as they find out after it is closed, we were going to offer them a home where they could still train. And when that started, that was our garage. So like many businesses that you could look up, starting in a garage is not so bad. And the ones that took that leap and came over during that kind of situation, they could train in the garage with social distancing and in the front yard. We started experimenting with Zoom, which for a martial arts instructor, that's a whole new world to try to teach everything <laughs> online. Preaching to and, the choir. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> we did. We a, know that. We did a ton of Zoom during COVID. And we also like you keep it up now. We like it. I mean, it, it has a, it has its place, right? Because you can yes. reach anybody. Yes, I, yeah. I will say it has its up, it has its goods and bads. But absolutely, we we got to re find ourselves as teachers again, mm-hmm. teaching in a whole new way and having access to students that maybe we didn't. And fast forward to now, we have our school. We have enough students to meet the bills before we even got the keys. Absolutely, you be so proud of yourselves. Agree with that. Congratulations on all you've accomplished and much more in the future for you. Thank you so much. Obviously, I want to thank you for being here. We had a great time so far. Yes. I did. I really appreciate it. 
And I have two bits of business I have to run through. If you want to reach us, you're going to type in Wildcat Dojo. Pretty much on any screen will show up. If you add .com, you get to our webpage. If you write Wildcat Dojo Conversations, you get our Instagram. And you can email us old school style at dojoconversations at aol.com. And we have one advertiser, Master LeMasters. Isn't that awesome for us? Absolutely. And she's our, our tried and true friend, Cynthia from? Honor, Honor Athletics, of course. Her link is below. Click her to buy your martial arts needs. You can also reach her at? 770-945-5150. Thank you. Oh, and don't forget to um, mention Wildcat Dojo when you're checking out, because that way you'll get your 10% discount. Okay. On that note, I'm going to say, are we hilarious when we do business or what? <laughs> If you're having fun, it's never work. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Thank you, sir, for being here and for taking time out of your busy day. Thank you, Sensei. It was our pleasure. We had such a good time. Thank you. All right, Mr. Landon, let's call it. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. See you next time. And with that, I'm signing out. Thanks for being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.